What is happening, fans? Welcome to another issue of the Common Bookies podcast. Back again for another week of colliding the world of sports and comics. 139 is here. Let's get it going. In the sports section this week, our man Clay Thompson is back for the Warriors. We're going to have our reactions from the game, from his performance, and league-wide. The Georgia Bulldogs have done it. They are national champions. First time since 1980. We have a reaction, and our boy Mark does win money on this game, so very, very exciting. And in the NFL, a wild, wild Week 18 to head into a wild, wild card weekend. The Raiders and 49ers are in the playoffs. Two of the best games we've seen in a long, long time, and our TCB Super Contest has crowned its winner for winners. You're just going to have to continue to listen on. Uh, and in comics, plenty of comics to get into this week. I am up to date, so last week's comics we will discuss this week. And plenty of news, including Eternals releasing tomorrow, Peacemaker premieres on Thursday, and the unfortunate passing, another death, Bob Saget. But all that and more on a brand new issue of the Comic Boogies podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Let's go! And welcome back, everyone, to the Comic Boogies Podcast, episode 139. Again, thank you so much for watching right now live on YouTube and Twitch. Please go and subscribe and follow the pages. And thank you so much for listening wherever you get your podcasts. We are on numerous, numerous platforms, Apple iTunes, Amazon Prime Music, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, all your you know Android devices can get it. So thank you so much for joining us. We are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Tomorrow, Wednesday, January 12th, 2022 is New Comic Book Day. So go see Alex. Uh, great shop, great community. He's going to start your pull list. Uh, he can get you anything you want, old, new, and if he doesn't have it, He'll order it for you. Uh, Sean is still on paternity leave, so it's just me, um, myself, Mike, and Mark again this week. Mark, how's your week so far been? Um, early in the work week for you. I'm in the middle of my weekend, but how's it going, dude? It's been good. It's been good, man. It's Tuesday as we're recording this, and weather's been a little bit drier here in Northern California, even though I know we need the rain, and it's yeah. been pretty wet. Uh, had a pretty long week of some rain, but it's dried up a little bit, even some good 60 degree weather out here hop on the hog and whatnot but man it's been pretty good excited to get back at it um this week and get into this national championship talk this sports that we watched week 18 was crazy the mini contest was crazy i'm sure mm -hmm. that wild card weekend is going to be crazy we saw some picks that sean actually sent us i'm sure you remembered very early to ask him for picks even though the contest is over <laughs> but just for a little bit of fun and i saw that he's uh He's back in a lot of faith, so we're going to get into that talk later. And, man, uh, a couple of my posts that I put got a little bit of traction on Twitter, kind of trying to revitalize my posts. You know, been kind of slacking, obviously, just due to situations, you know, just last year, last two years with this damn virus. And just uh, if you guys listened, obviously, my wife's father-in-law the other week and whatnot, but it's been crazy times, but... I'm trying to get back into the swings of things, post a little bit more, be a little bit more dedicated to the social media, at least mine personally. So I did put out some tweets about some good books that I've read. Kind of good to get another Source Point Press offering. Shout out Source Point Press for mm -hmm. the retweet and all of the artists and, you know, writers that actually retweeted me and whatnot um, for um, 
you know, Erica Schultz after, after shock book we'll get into, but yeah, man, just uh pretty good to see that uh, after not tweeting for a while, but to get that type of feedback and just uh, ready to get back on it, man. I feel like, you know, January 11th today, uh, we're in the swing of things now where the holidays are over, you know, New Year's is pretty much over, traffic's picking back up, and people are, mm-hmm. you know, week 18's over, college football's over, so now it's like kind of back on the grind, start this new year. You know, I'm a Joey Logano fan, 22 and 22, when I was born on the 22nd, so this has <laughs> to go. be my year, right? I got to... I got to quit slacking and pick it up myself, man. Got a few pounds to shed and whatnot. And, you know, you not that have, I'm making not that I want to make it a resolution because I hate making resolutions because you, but just you feel should like also a, but you should you know what? You should strive to lose 22 pounds at least. Oh, <laughs> man, right. Like in 2022, at the by the end of 2023, like that. you like you have to be down 22 pounds and like keep it off at least. I like that. That's I mean, I, I should be able to do that at least by my birthday. Right. Oh, October. Yeah, yeah. In, in October, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Just three pounds a day, three pounds a month. I'm good. <laughs> but <laughs> I know when you bring it down like that, it sounds so easy. And um, we're getting older, you know. It's like just just like recovering from you taking a couple of drinks and whatnot. We don't recover like we used to back in our twenties, man. I mean, speaking of recovering, dude, that that brings up a man. I was running with my daughter, just like you know, playing around. It was back in November, actually. I think it was like right around Thanksgiving, like right before or right after Thanksgiving. And she's on her scooter. Like the little like razor scooter, but it's more like a kid one, you know. And uh, I'm just like r- like racing her on foot, right? And so I give her a head start. She goes, she's gonna take, she's gonna go the length of the, you know, like go around the court. You know how we live in the court. She's gonna go from our house all the way around the court and like you know start heading the other way. And I get, I let her get halfway, so like at the very tip of the court, and I start running and I and I race after her. And about eighty percent into the run, I feel like a, you know, tweak in my foot. I was like, ah, oh, what the hell? So I kind of stop and I like it hurts so bad that I kind of have to like sit down for a minute, right? And now ever since then, if I walk on it continuously, like it's fine. Like Disneyland, it didn't really hurt at all. But like right now, if I I'm I've been sitting down for like half an hour so far. If I get up to walk, like the first ten steps, I can barely walk. Like it it's it hurts so bad. So um before I called a doctor, you know, have to set up an appointment. And whenever I talked to my sister-in-law earlier today, actually, she's a um, she's a doctor, and she's like, you know, and she goes, you know what? From professional experience and from personal experience, like what you're describing, it sounds like plantar fasciitis. I was like, oh no. So like, what? so I was hoping, so I was hoping it was like a fracture or a tear, because at least you can, you know, either surgically repair it and, and rehabilitate it. But plantar fasciitis, you had, like, there's nothing really you can do. You can like kind of personal ther- like or like you know uh, therapy it you know like kind of stretches and stuff to kind of like make it go away and it could go away after after a couple months but then it could linger back like it's like no wonder these football players miss like a whole season just due to like a little foot injury you know what i'm saying because it's like it freaking hurts sometimes well yeah um i don't know if you have insoles in your shoes or not but i actually dealt with plantar i mean it pretty much was a plantar fasciitis because I actually went to the doctor and I got um, x-rays because it was hurting so bad. I wanted to see if I had like a minor fracture and they said yeah. no. And it's crazy because I always buy these Timberland insoles. I bought them ever since I was doing construction like years ago. The mm-hmm. honeycomb. They got the honeycomb cushion at the bottom. They're the Timberland ones, the anti-fatigue. And I've gotten them like four, five, six times. I mean I always get them with like different types of boots or when they get old, I'll buy the new ones. 
this time I went to work world. They didn't have my size. So I was like, oh, they had some Georgia boot. Speaking of Georgia, the Georgia dogs, but they had some Georgia boot ones that kind of look the same, right? Anti-fatigue, whatnot, a little bit thicker. And I get them and dude, like, like couple, like uh, two weeks later, my feet are killing me. And I'm like, what's going on? So pretty much making a long story short, it can't be me and my like coworker. I was even wearing like my Crocs at work, dude, like a nurse, <laughs> because dude, my feet were hurting so bad. Obviously, I'm working at a building that there's not really anyone there due to these COVID protocols and whatnot. So yeah. my boss was kind of cool with me just like kind of moping around in my Crocs for like a week, right? But what I did is I went to a store called Fleet Feet and they take like, they put your feet on this pad and it takes like kind of like a, a diagram, like, photocopy of your foot and it they they email it to you it tells you like how much of an arch you have how wide your foot is dude everything it takes a complete measurement of your whole foot it's actually pretty wild and then i got these they're called super feet they're insoles so you might want to check that out because after i got those it went away pretty quick but it was to the point where like it was so bad like my legs were swelling up like with blood like it was dude it was like i bought some shoes like all the size 12s that i was trying on felt tight it's like I needed mm-hmm. 12 and a half and 13 since my feet were like swollen. Yeah, dude, like not being able to walk sucks. That plantar fasciitis. Fans, if you guys had some of that PF, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> I uh, know, all right. Tell Mike what he should do. I kind of given him my idea what I did. But yeah, I had it like on both feet. And that's how I know that it was those insoles that I got because nothing changed. I had the same boots, same everything. And it's just all of a sudden my two feet are just killing me. It sucked, but thank God it didn't last that long because I know that I do hear sometimes it can feel like or it's like goes on for months. I know yeah. somebody said that somebody said that they had it before and it's like right when they got out of bed, they stepped down and it's like they were stepping on needles and like, yeah, Damn. like when I get out of bed, that's the hardest first 15 steps of the day. Oh, like, really? yeah, like, that's plantar fasciitis. Like, I feel sure. like I need to like drop to the floor. It hurts so bad. So you, oh, yeah, that's plantar fasciitis for sure. So what you have to do is they actually have a boot because your foot is supposed to be like back like this. So mm-hmm. there's a boot that you wear overnight that keeps your foot from going down. It keeps your foot like always like in a stretch position. You should uh, look into uh, okay. that. You can even get it like at a CVS. My, I, I, I wore it for like a day. My dad had it for his plantar fasciitis and I tried it on. Kind of a weird feeling because it's got your foot like like pull pushed back like you're stretching it but yeah that might that might be what you need at least it's only on one foot right yeah just my left foot that's it that's what i'm saying i think i had a different type of plantar fasciitis because they asked me the same question about oh like right when you get out of bed the first thing in the morning do you feel it i'm like not really it's more like when i get to work put on some shoes start walking around but yeah that sucks but yeah well sports comics and the medical industry Companies podcast. We are well versed and in in all of those. So, um, I mean, like you say, we, it always comes back. It always comes back to sports, though. Like you said, I can see how some of these players stay out for I know. months with foot injuries, right? I know, I know, right? So, it's, so tonight for the sports section, we're doing sports first tonight, bro, and we're going to be do, doing football hoops. Let's get into fo- it, football. So, the first of the night, um, uh, you know, you went out. Had a good time, uh, made some money as well. So please give us your experience. I mean, I watched the game from home, and it was actually to the point where I was kind of like, 
going back and forth doing, you know, just like the normal house chores and stuff, putting then putting the kids to bed towards the end of the game. So I really only watched about 60, 65% of the game. So how did that national championship game go? Very boring in the first half, only a nine to six game in the first half. And then just a, a bunch of points in the second half. So how was your experience with it? Speaking of that real quick, though, I'm looking at the lines. The lines are changing on my screen right here, and I actually just see the Raiders line go down. Was at six, five and a half right before we started recording this oh, wow. podcast, and now I see it at five, plus five. So money coming in on the so Raiders, man. Money coming in. All right, cool. Money coming so, in. But back to Georgia the national Bulldogs. championship, Georgia Bulldogs, man. They get it done. Kirby Smart finally gets the monkey off his back. Kirby Smart finally Gets to beat Nick Saban, his uh, old uh, mentor, if you will. But, man, good game. Uh, you said the first half was kind of boring. In a way, it was. But I guess it, it's who you ask, right? If mm-hmm. you ask some of those old school smash mouth Big Ten football fans, you know, like <laughs> pe- some people like those type of games. I think uh, some uh, some of those games are kind of good once in a while. You know, I don't mind them. See some defenses step up. Obviously, Georgia with the best defense all year, you know, all, in the whole nation pretty much. So um, ever since the first game that we saw them play against uh, Clemson, we knew that it, it, they were going to be a tough team to beat. Right. And uh, here they are. Obviously, lifting the championship trophy, a lot more points were scored in the second half, which made it funner. I think that it was so cool that, you know, Stenson Bennett, a walk on, you know, quarterback gets to win it and like kind of fulfill his dream. He always wanted to like win a championship with the Georgia Bulldogs. He walks on and uh, I heard I think it was Clay Travis say it. And it it, it is kind of true. Like a lot of these last though, the past like champions that win um these national championships and uh, trevor lawrence deshaun watson to a tongue of viola whatnot a lot of these they're like first string or i mean first couple pick quarterbacks right and stenson bennett not really being one of those not really being that household name when it comes to quarterbacking in the not you know college football level but um the game and the spread was probably one of the hardest spreads that i had to pick you know Going into one of these national championship games, um, not really having a side, kind of, I, I kind of felt, and I knew I was kind of ri- going to ride with Georgia pretty much the whole time, but it was still kind of having that gut feeling because, like I said, it was just one of those games that if you lose, there's nothing that you're going to do to make you feel any better because you're going to kick yourself in the ass. Because if I would have took Georgia and they would have got smoked by Alabama, what was what would I have been saying? Oh, man, I knew it. Why? Why? Why did I not, Why did I play against <laughs> right. Nick it's Saban? Alabama. Yeah. Why, how could you not take Alabama as an underdog? How could you not? Or how could you play against Nick Saban as an underdog? And you would just be telling yourself all that. But then again, if you took Alabama and then Georgia won and smoked them, like kind of they did yesterday, obviously, I wouldn't say completely smoked them, but they obviously – beat the spread and whatnot but if you know if you take alabama in that situation then you're sitting here saying i knew it i knew it vegas they knew something why would they why would georgia have been favorites i knew i shouldn't have took bam it was too easy it was too easy i mean mm-hmm. free money vegas isn't just going to give out free money like that you know i just think it was way too easy to take um alabama i feel that when college football teams play when, like two times in a season kind of goes one and one it's one of those sports that it's kind of tough to beat a team twice in a season in college football, especially because it hardly ever happens. So um, I just think that 
I, I just think that Georgia was going to make a lot of adjustments, and they did. The defense came to play, although it wasn't looking so much like that the first half, but exploded the second half. Um, I went to a little, um, you know, a little local bar here that, you know, O'Sullivan's shot out, looked pretty cool, man. <laughs> I mean, I was sending you guys pictures. I haven't been there the in out, a while. But. The outdoor place looks cool, man. That yeah, and, cool. I think, and I think they pretty much kind of did that for the COVID times and whatnot. But, yeah. man, don't even take it down, COVID or not. I think that's something that they should keep. That little outside area was cool. But I enjoyed it, man. Won some money um, kind of up with some house money going into wild card weekend. See if I can, uh, nice. you know, keep compounding those gains. But uh, I don't know, man. One of the games here, like I just mentioned, that I like, the, the spread keeps going lower. So if we see a four and a half, I don't know, man. Uh, it might have to play Cincinnati, which scares me, but I, I don't like <laughs> right. everybody getting on the Raiders now. But what was your experience with the national championship, brother? Um, I didn't expect. I mean, it, I mean, the first thing I always think about is like, oh, God, Georgia and Alabama. But it's like in, until these other teams make their moves to like overtake them, then it's, it's always going to be like that. You know, the SEC is the powerhouse. The SEC is king of college football, and it's not going to change anytime soon. You know, like USC is probably going to make some noise over the next five, six years. But are they actually going to get to that, you know, that potential? Are they actually going to get to that stage? And like even like even Oregon, like Oregon looks so good for 80 percent of the season and they have one F up and then they have. You know, and then or if, if it's not the Pac-12 championship game, it's, you know, for that first round of the playoffs where they sneak in, but then they get their asses kicked. Like, like Marcus Mariota is not walking through that door, you know, to take him to a national championship game, you know, and we, like in the guy we, we actually met a guy. We were talking to him at the little bar yesterday and he just he stopped by, never been there before. He actually lives in Tracy, Mike. And I was oh, like, really? what are you doing out here? He was like, oh, I live in Fremont. And I was just always oh, like, I, I work in uh, Fremont. And he's like, I was just uh, looking for a place to watch the game. So we were talking to him and we were, you know, I mentioned how, how the season just wasn't really that great this year. You know, there didn't really seem that there was that many competitive teams or the highly competitive teams. And he was like, well, yeah, think about it. What does it tell you when Cincinnati was one of the first t- times there was a bit of. Uh, not a uh, not the power five, but the group of five team in a in the playoff, right? So yeah, I was like, yeah. Now that you say it that way, I guess you're kind of right. Even you know, a group of five team finally got it got in. So I mean, I yeah. like it, but it kind of just goes to show that I don't think there was a lot of hard, tough, tough competition in college football this season. So yeah, I think I think that if that once they move it to an eight uh, an eight team playoff. It's going to, you know, they're going to get a lot more viewers or, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think at a certain point, of course, I don't think that players or coaches are going to want to give up. But at a certain time when you have a, a loss against a certain team or you get that second loss, you kind of like put the playoffs out of your mind. Correct. Like, am, like, am I right in saying that? Like the season's almost over for a lot of teams once you get that first loss or if, if it's a top, you know, top, top team in the Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, and you get those first two losses, then it's like. Well, shit, we're, we have like three more games left, but if we win all three, one, we're not even making it to the conference championship game because the other team's not going to lose. You know what I'm saying? So I think that once they have the eight uh, team playoff, 
kind of mentally you're like, oh, shoot, like we had two losses, but we can still sneak into the eight. Like four was never going to happen. But now eight, I think the quality is going to increase a little bit more than it already is. So and, it, and it's pretty discouraging if you're like one of these teams, even if you're not one of the like the bad teams. But if you're like more of a mid tier team, you know, let's just say, OK, like USC, I'm not going to lie with Link, uh, Lincoln Riley at the helm. Now, I think they are going to start getting back to prominence and I think they are going to mm-hmm. start doing pretty good. But it's like, do they get that good to that point where it's to the point where they're good, but it's like, man, you still got that Bama. You still got that Georgia. Clemson come back. It's like I I hate how only having four teams that make it, it kind of takes the wind out of maybe a lot of these like players and team sales, you know, Mm -hmm, just like knowing that. Knowing that pretty much Alabama is guaranteed every single year to go in, right? You pretty much got Alabama and at least one other SEC team SEC that's pretty team. much guaranteed. And then you take like a, a form like an Oklahoma, LSU, or like Ohio, a, State, Ohio State, pretty Penn much, State, right? Yeah. I mean, you got like seven, eight perennial teams, six to eight that are pretty much, you know, if you're not one of those teams and only having a four team playoff for you know it's kind of like damn like you said you get that one loss if you have an eight game playoff or whatnot 18 playoff you know you might get that one loss but that season might not be over you know yeah i'm like really afraid of like in a year or two there's a season to where a lot of the big 12 big 10 and pac 12 teams kind of beat up on each other and like everyone has like two losses and then we see like three teams from the sec make it in the playoff out of four i'm like at that point i'm like i throw my hands up like come on you guys got to do something about this so i think the 18 playoff would definitely help that uh, shout I, out, uh, one second, uh, sh- shout out Twitch Co Cowboy. Uh, thank Rich you so much Co. for jumping in on the, on the chat. Kind of, kind of, uh, flip floppy here. Cause the name is Twitch Co Cowboy, but he's shouting Niners. So I'm like, Oh, you know, Niners <laughs> Cowboys this weekend. But thank you so much. Cause he still wants to see the Raiders win the a- AFC championship too. So oh, shout nice. out Twitch Co Cowboy. Thank you, sir. But go ahead. Wait, wait, continue. No, I was going to say, um, I think this game also probably could have been a little bit different. And um, if it wasn't for the wide receiver that blew his ACL, oh, Jamison Williams, that comes out today. And I kind of knew it, right? It's like he wasn't grimacing in pain, but the way that he just didn't want to move, right? You knew yep. it was kind of bad. And then that other receiver, Menchi, he's out. So I think this game actually could have been a little bit different if they you know, weren't missing those two top receivers and whatnot. But um Nonetheless, you know, Georgia Bulldogs prevail in the national championship game. First time since 1980, I believe, Herschel Herschel Walker was a freshman. So I wasn't even born. None of us were. So, yeah, long time coming, dogs. They've had a real good team. Uh, Those, uh, you know, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, and, you know, they had some good teams as of late. You know, what was the other guy? Um, The running back. Uh, uh, he was on the Rams. Gurley, 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 yeah, they had Gurley, Gurley yep. yeah. So they've been pretty good, man. But finally, yeah. get over the hump. So congratulations. Yep, another game in the book, or another season, sorry, in the books for college football. So we will see you back in August, September time. So guess who's favorite to win the twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three? What Bama now? Because <laughs> they're not going to lose you, two straight championships. Do you, do you even have so. to look? Oh yeah, yeah. drop the house on them, especially with this quarterback coming back next year. He'll yeah. be a he's a junior next year, I think, right? Oh, Bryce Young. God. So 
Yeah. Okay, so I had to switch off between these two things on Sunday. He had the Raider game on in one t- on one TV, but then I wanted to see what they did for Clay Thompson on the other TV. You know, so I'm like back and forth. I'm I'm like in that point in the house where I can like look at the Raider game while I'm watching out of my left eye. You know, the Clay Thompson tribute. But great to see Clay Thompson back. Two and a half seasons or two and a half years, two and a half seasons, I'm not sure. It wasn't like over 900 days or something like that since he actually played a game of basketball. But um, great to see him back. Um, first time he even, first time he's played at Chase Center, the new arena. That's, that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, and in, in classic clay fashion, um, I'm not sure if he ended with, with, with 17, 17 in 19, uh, 19. points. Yeah, 17 points in 19 minutes. So, good return. The Warriors win. They cover. I think they lost tonight against Memphis, but um, they you know. did. Memphis kind of has their number, man. John Morant, yeah. he's balling. So it's so glad, to, you know, so glad to see Clay back. Um, yeah, one of the heart and souls of the team. Hopefully, Draymond's not too hurt either. So we'll see what what comes out of that. So, I mean, yeah, Warriors still sitting, you know, second in the West. Obviously, right behind the Suns, one game today. Obviously, didn't help them. Memphis is sitting, you know, right behind them in fourth, mm-hmm. you know, Utah's third, Memphis is fourth on three and a half games, them and Utah respectively. But man, this Memphis team has kind of been uh, showing some grit, man. John ja Morant, he's really co- coming into himself. And I think, you know, if the Warriors have to see them like in the playoffs or something, I think with the Warriors playoff experience, I actually think that it bodes well for them and, you know, probably against any other team really but uh man memphis really ha- having the warriors number this season pretty crazy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. chicago yeah, still number one in the east brooklyn right behind them two and a half games miami three games behind bucks you're uh you're um last year's uh champions three and a half so still pretty tight i mean uh Kind of falls off in the West with Dallas nine games out of first. But, you know, in the East, you still got all the way up to, you know, seventh, eighth. It's only like six, five and a half, seven games uh, separate all the top teams. So pretty fun race. A lot of parody, like I said, like we've been saying on this podcast that it was going to be. So what do you yep. think, man? I know you don't watch too much NBA or. No, no, I don't. But I mean, I see I watch a lot of highlights, too. And I tr- and I try to do the whole thing. Like I always said, you know, put the uh, Warriors game on in the background and kind of do what I'm doing and kind of listen to it. But no, I mean, it, it it seems like it's a lot funner, funner. It's a more fun season so far, like in the NBA. Like I see a lot more highlights. I see a lot uh, more people on Twitter talking about how the. The quality of basketball is a lot better than they, that they've seen in the last couple of years. So I'm excited to see that. And I'm also, it's always exciting to see the Warriors back. You know, that like that bubble year, how many teams like didn't get to go to Florida, like nine or 10 teams and Warriors were one of them. I was like, oh well, crap, uh, there's no reason. Well, I mean, of course there's a reason because it's NBA playoffs, but I mean, uh, the Warriors aren't even in it. They're like only like one of a handful of teams not even get, get the invite. So now that they're, you know, up to, you know, to what they are used to being, I'm excited. Definitely will be watching more of the regular season and, of course, all of the playoffs. And watching that Cleveland game when Clay came back on Sunday, um, you know, the the Cavaliers actually, for a team that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. obviously won that championship, kind of fell off for a couple years there. But uh, they've been kind of doing a make, making some good picks. You know, they got that draft pick actually from USC with a mo- one of the Mobley brothers that was real good at USC last yeah. year, right? So mm-hmm. he's like 
And, you know, they still got Kevin Love there. That ain't saying too much. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're sitting sixth, only five and a half games back. And, you know, they're kind of a interesting team to watch themselves. So uh, we'll see where, where they – I mean, I'm not expecting much from them, but mm-hmm. um, it's fun to see them be part of that parity that we were talking about in this league. Yeah. You know, my first – it's a funny story. My first ever experience with Kevin Love, right? He went to UCLA, right? Yes, sir. And then who was the Russell, counter? Russell Westbrook. No, no, no. But who was the young stud coming in to USC at that same time? Was it Kyrie? No. Who? Kyrie who? went to Duke, bro. No. He didn't no. even play. You know, no, I understand. Yeah, no, I forget. But there was somebody else. I forgot. Like when he, when Kevin Love was coming to UCLA, someone else was coming to USC. I didn't really know who he was because I think they were freshmen. But at the time, throwback, showing your age, I was subscribed to Sports Illustrated. <laughs> like, who the hell Jeez, subscribed to Sports oh my, Illustrated? You just wanted a, like, you just wanted a swimsuit issue. <laughs> right? Subscribe to these. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm sorry, babe. No, I swear. I swear. I, I get all the other issues. But there was one issue where it was like Kevin Love and this kid from USC, like back to back, like, you know, and it's like, oh, and it was like a, you know, college basketball season preview. And this is one of the, you know, five or six. And this was the Pac-12 version because they knew where I live. So they figured I would want the Pac-12 cover. And this is who it was, Kevin Love and somebody else. So if we can find that, you know, over the course of this episode, then, you know. O.J. Mayo? O.J. Mayo. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. That's who it was. That's funny. I'm looking at it right now. The exact cover that you had. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, you can type it in Kevin Love, UCLA, USC, and it's him, uh, with, uh, with OJ Mayo on the cover. That's funny that you it's remember so funny. that. I, unfortunately, I don't have those covers. So I hope to God that in, in 40 years that that cover or any of the ones I actually owned aren't worth a lot. But yeah. So but this is a funny story. So now going into the NFL, uh, week 18. Oh, man. I mean, First of all, let's talk about the super contest. So we've had a super contest. Um, you know, I think we we had the idea in week one, but we didn't really initiate it until week two. So between week two and week eighteen, so technically a full seventeen week NFL schedule. Um, myself, Mark, and Sean, we picked four games a week against the spread, and um, all four of us finished at least fifty percent or higher. Unfortunately, I went one in three because the Rams. I mean, sorry, Twitch Co. Cowboy and your 49ers, man, but I, oh man, I was so confident in that win. And then they just had that second half. And then, of course, overtime. But I was that one, you know, loss away from um, hoisting the championship. But Mark, you went, I think, three and one. Sean went two and two. And both of you guys tied at just over 50%. And I tied at exactly 50%. But for, the down times that we all three of us had, especially me, when I was like, what, 13, 14 games under 500, I was like so far behind you guys. And then to make the, you know, to make it actually exciting the last like three or four weeks, that was fun. I can't wait to do that every year. Fun. I mean, excruciatingly annoying sometimes. And I think I would have won the contest, not comfortably, but maybe by uh, two or three games if I didn't automatically go against the Raiders every week. Maybe if I went with them more <laughs> or if I just like said, hey, let's not automatically waste a pick on this. Let's look at something else. I think I probably would have won. I'm going to guess I would have won. Yeah. When it comes down to like these yearly contests, they can be so tight. And it's yeah. really it really comes down sometimes to just like one, like just 
you just have to avoid the 0-4, the 1-3 weeks, oh, you know. It's just you have a couple of those, and they're just killer because, like you said, you were down in the beginning. I was like – I felt like I was running away with it, and there yeah. it is. I think I had like three weeks where I had an 0-4, two 1-3s, and it's just – man, it's hard to recover once you, you know, out of a span mm-hmm. of 12 games, you go 2-10. and yeah. two, two and 10. <laughs> I, well, yeah, yeah, two, yeah, two and ten, and then on the flip side, I had a five week span where I went like four and zero, oh, three and one, four and zero, oh, four and zero, oh, and two and two. Like I had three losses in like a five week span, so that's what did it. Like that's what gave me the opportunity to put myself in a position to win this thing, but did not prevail. Uh, Sean, oh, that's what it was too. Sean would I think would have been in last place. Like I would, it would have been you by yourself, me then Sean. But of course, Buffalo with the backdoor cover, 16 and a half points. They win by 17, bro. They were only up by about what, three or six at one point in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Two quick scores. Oh my God. I was so pissed. I was like, no. Um, he loses the New England game. He wins the Washington game, I believe. Mm-hmm. I did win Tampa Bay. That was kind of scary at one point. At one point, they were within seven. It was an eight point spread, but then they were within seven. And then they just had like two or three quick scores. Um, I lost, of course, the Raiders, you know, because I picked them against them. But the Raiders win. Uh, Rams. And what was my other one that I had lost? Oh, the Chiefs. Ugh. The Chiefs on Saturday. Freaking asshole. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, look at that. Teams or players you hate will never help you. And that goes for fantasy and now betting. Teams I hate will never help me. Chargers, 49ers, Tom Brady, and the Chiefs. (laughs) Like all the teams that I've classically over the years have like hated in sports. Now, not so much. I don't really. That's why you just, that's why you just, that's why, that's why you just learn not to hate them and you just learn to kind of embrace them. I mean, look at me in my Minnesota year that I had picking. I could have easily. And you won won that game. Yeah, I did. They won it for me in the last week, too. That helped that actually helped me tie with Sean for the win. But I could easily just hate him and be mad at him. But I learned how to embrace him, Mike. Embrace that. Embrace that. I mean, it wouldn't be so the sunshine wouldn't be so. What does 50 Cent say? The sun wouldn't be so the sunshine wouldn't be so nice if it wasn't for rain. You know what I mean? So. (laughs) Right. I mean, and it was cool, too, because it came down to it, too. Like all the scenarios that I was texting you guys and it came down to the final game of the season. Raiders and Chargers where I'm like, okay, do I root for the Raiders to win and make the playoffs or do I not really root for, but like not be as mad because if the Chargers win and cover, then I win the super contest. But at that point when it came down to it, I had already gone one and two. I was like, man, go ahead, Mark, win that thing. I hope the Raiders win that. And sure enough, they did. So you and Sean tie for first place. Congratulations. Uh, Stakes are uh, stakes are on me. You just didn't root for my half. You just didn't root for my half point, though, <laughs> for my Chargers to get for the Chargers to get the half point, dude. That was so funny, dude. Oh, I had yeah. my I had a teaser. Oh, going, dude, guys. don't I even needed, bring that up. I needed the over forty three and a half points. I had the Raiders plus nine. I had the Warriors in that game, the Clay Day on a teaser, and then I just had the over, and it was like at forty three. I needed like a half point. I'm like, dude, if I lose this teaser because of a half point. And it was what, like four minutes, four and a half minutes. And that's when uh, 
Herbert was driving, and I was like, just give me points, give me points. So I was like, yeah, you're like, F your points. It's on you. If they lose, what? <laughs> it was hilarious. Because everything, the- everything panned out exactly how you said it was going to happen. Because they, they were we've been Raider fans since, like, <laughs> they got the two-point conversion. They got the ball back. They scored to make it to go to overtime. It's exactly how you said it. And I just kept saying – I mean, I just kept sinking in my sofa, though. I'm like, dude, this can't be happening. You got to be joking me. But at the okay. same time, I'm trying to stay positive. Believe in Basachia. Believe in Basachia. But, dude, what a wild game. Wild turn of events. But same like, thing in the Niner game, dude. Wild week 18. Yeah. I mean, let's give this context to Raider fans out there. So how would you feel? Please comment in this episode or, you know, hit us up on social media. So Mark needs to half a point, right? And the Raiders are up at this point, 15 points. I'm like, I don't know. I don't need this. I don't need, I don't need them to score any points. They're obviously not going to go for a field goal because they only need a touchdown, two touchdowns with one two point conversion. Right. And they got plenty of time. They got the timeouts. They know the Raiders are going to run the ball. They call three straight timeouts. And that literally takes like 25 seconds, even with the punt and a fair catch. So I'm like, no, 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 no. And what play happened? It was like, they called it an incomplete pass, but then they reviewed it. And then it it, or something. I forgot what it was, but that was the tipping point for me where where you said, yes, like you cheered against your team because it gave life to get to, a half point. to get the points. And I was like, no. And then sure enough, me and my brother in the text thread were just like, no, they're going to score a touchdown. They're going to get the two point conversion. Then then the Raiders are going to run three straight plays, three straight timeouts. They're going to get the ball back, score again because the defense is too tired. And sure enough, that's what happened. And the only thing that didn't go as what I said it would is I thought that the I'm like, you know, of course, being a Raider fan, this is how it happens. It's a different sitcom, but it's or it's the same sitcom, just a different episode. I thought that the Chargers were going to win the toss. But sure enough, the Raiders did. They get the points. They hold L.A. to a field goal. They go back and get the field goal. And what about that? The timeout. What about the timeout? Like who? Like, come on now. There's those conspiracy theorists where it was Vegas or someone saying what a you're not going to like, like you're not going to have this tie. And, you know, at, at first I was like, oh, was it conspiracy theory because they wanted Big Ben in the playoffs? I was like, no, dude, this had everything to do with money. If that's the case, they kept but showing they, the fan in the stands wearing the Steelers, the Steeler gear. That yeah, was great. That was great. Could but they, oh man, they totally screwed themselves out of the win. The 49ers with like huge balls, a huge sack of balls, and come all the way back from down 17 to nothing. They scrounge three points at the end of the half, and then they just go on a tear in the second half. Giving How good up is lead. Debo, man? Dude, that team is, I'm sorry, that team is not a playoff team without Debo Samuel. He's fast. He can be a freaking running back and the, the, the ability to break tackles and to get an open space and those, the YAC, the yards after catch. But yeah, that guy's, that guy's unstoppable. He's a beast. Well, I heard something. Um, oh, I wish I remember that stat. Well, actually, no, I, I, I take that back. It was actually, um, it was on, uh, uh Jacobs. On his mm-hmm. stat, I think most of his yards were like after contact or something. I mean, he was a pretty big beast too in that game. Chargers yeah. obviously not too good at stopping the run, but um, yeah, dude, the Niners came back. Uh, not even without Kittle having a real big game, but I love watching Bosa and Crosby both play. I um, mean, Cros- but someone tweeted something about Bosa. Did you send us that tweet or someone? I saw a tweet the next day about Bosa. If you hit him in the mouth. He's going to he's going to crumble. 
Like if you if, if there's a couple plays where you know you stop him, he doesn't get to the quarterback or whatever, you know he's going to crumble and he's not going to play as well. But sure enough, Max Crosby on the other side just plays unbelievable football. Like he was in Herbert's face so many times, you know. So I want to hear gonna, your, it's going to be a fun playoff. So let's get to the playoffs. So congratulations. I want to hear your thoughts real quick though on the Colts on the Colts and the Jags, man. How crazy is that, dude? How, I yeah. mean, so not only not only do they screw themselves and, and they lose against a two and fourteen team, oh. and then they also give the Philadelphia Eagles a first round pick because uh, Carson Wentz passed the threshold of pass attempts or passing yards or whatever the condition was, and now they give Philadelphia a first round pick. Wow! Like, oh my! And Philadelphia is in the playoffs. And they didn't have to really play anybody in Week 18 because they had solidified their spot. So now they have a fresh ass roster coming into the week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm, yeah, unfortunately, they have to play the goat. So I well, mean, yeah, I mean, as I, far as I, coverings concerned, get into the games here, Mike. Get into okay, the games, so might as well. If you're watching here on YouTube and Twitch, you see the picture of the whole breakdown of the the games. I do know that, of course, in traditional classic Raiders fashion they have the last game of the season Sunday night and what do they do they give them the first game on Saturday morning so Saturday at 1 30 Pacific Standard Time the Raiders visit uh the Cincinnati Bengals and now I the only reason I know this is because it's our two teams I know that the Niners play at 1 30 the next day in Dallas uh but the other matchups I don't know the days and times New England in a divisional game faces the Buffalo Bills the Cardinals in another divisional game visit L.A. to face the Rams. Like we mentioned before, Eagles are in Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. And the Steelers sneak in to the playoffs. And they go to Kansas City and Arrowhead Stadium. So, I mean, I guess we could talk Raiders and Bengals first. Uh, they're not going to win, obviously, if they played how they played against them the first go-around. Um, and that was on and, and and that was honestly a decent first half for the Raiders. They kept it close. It was like they were either winning or tied or within three. And then they just freaking sucked in the second half at home, too. So I'm actually glad that they're on the road. I think the Raiders played, you know, better on the road this year. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean we'll see. There's as far as a uh, like a, a call to make. I mean, maybe they can cover, make it. Maybe they can keep it close. I don't know. Um, but you, what you were saying, but, uh, but like to tell the fans what you were saying about, you know, Joe Burrow and your kind of thoughts on, on him being a rookie. Yeah. I mean, I, the way he come, you know, I love that kid, the way he like com keeps himself composed. We saw it at LSU. And like, I always say, you know, they did a great job by drafting his security blanket and Jamar chase to go along oh, with yeah. him. You know, I think that that helps his confidence out a lot. They obviously got that other receiver, T. Higgins, that came out of Clemson that is damn good also, Mixon. And that's the thing that you mentioned. You know, they get the last game on Sunday night, and then they have to play the first game on Saturday. All yeah. the while, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals sat Burrow, Mixon didn't play. You know, obviously they lost against Cleveland um, in Week 18. But, you know, I, I don't think that they really – I mean, I don't think that they cared as much. Uh, just, you know, I, I think that they cared more about being healthy, but, um, you know, the coach Zach Taylor doing a, you know, a good job over there, obviously with, you know, after all those years, what was that tweet that I sent you that no one has ever sent a text message about? <laughs> what was it? No one it has was, ever. It was, it was, no one has ever sent a text message about a Cincinnati Bengals playoff win. The yeah. first ever text message was sent in 1992. And the last time the Bengals won a playoff game was in 1991. 
Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? That's so. true. That's true. But I mean, it's funny. I also saw a tweet or like a GIF or whatever. It was like, Joe Burrow is who the Browns thought Baker Mayfield was going to be. Jeez. Just composure and and just, you know. And he had that ACL playing ability too. And just, huh? We, we, we forget that he had an ACL, right? Exactly. And he, and he exactly. Still, he and, stays and look composed. at him bounce back. He stays composed. He doesn't turn into check down Charlie like some of the other guys that's going to be playing on the other side of that, you know, field with him on on Saturday. But the Raiders, you know, the Raiders have a chance if they can get to Burrow. Obviously, the Raiders are going to be Max Crosby needs to, he needs to play in they, the game of his life. I, I think they said that they had eighty something plus, uh, eighty something plus defensive snaps that the unit took or whatever. But yeah, um, they're going to be kind of tired, especially with that shorter turnaround time. Obviously, we see the line moving in you know their favor. Obviously, it's gone down from six, six and a half to five, five and a half from what I'm seeing. So pretty much a point, point and a half move, depending what you know book you're looking at. But you know, uh, I kind of like the Raiders here. Um, probably have to stay, you know, keep an eye out on the weather. Heard about snow the day before and whatnot. So yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of variables in this game to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. man. This game's pretty tough as well. Um, yeah, we could be it, looking at snow in a bunch of places, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Buffalo Kansas city, you know, Tampa. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we're not going to be having snow though, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And that yeah, in the, Dallas, yeah, the, the whole, the whole NFC is not going to experience anything because they have two indoor places and then down in, in Florida. Yeah. So, but, um, I mean, if I were to make my picks, Solely based on just money line in the AFC, um, just money line. Sorry, Raiders. Um, gonna go against you again. Gonna Jesus. go the Bengals. But I'm the guy. But I'm. But I need a half a point. You guys listening? But I need a half a point to win me some money on a <laughs> teaser. But this guy goes again. I'm a bad. I'm a bad fan. But he goes I'm the, against this. I'm team. the realist fan, but I still want to root for them. Like I told you before the game, I said go win that super contest. Before the game started, I wanted no part of, of winning that game and having the Chargers cover to win me some super contest to, to get a free stake. stake. I gave it to you, and sure enough, not even happened. a not even a filet mignon is worth it when it comes to the fandom and the greatness of the Raiders for Michael. I have to go with Buffalo because they're still my pick to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. So wow. I'm staying with Buffalo to win at home against the Patriots. And of, oh, come on, Kansas City for sure, for sure. I, what if Pittsburgh it, does it? What a hor- what a horrible game to have to watch. Old ass Big Ben throwing three yards forty times uh, uh, this weekend. Come on, I'm going Dude. all three home home teams this weekend in the AFC. What about you? What do I? Why do I kind of like Pittsburgh, man? That, to maybe? cover, maybe. Because he had they have experience, to cover they have experience. for sure. Tomlin look, and and Big Ben. I think they're gonna cover for sure. To tell you the truth, I kind of do like that. Plus thirteen. That's a lot of points in a playoff game. They pounded them last time, you know, and it's kind of hard to pound a team twice. Uh, yeah, Kansas yeah. City obviously has been playing a lot better. I still think that the Steelers have a you know a decent defense. You know, not great. Like not the curtain, not the curtain, but. Um, at plus four seventy five, that's five almost five to one. The biggest dog. I mean, I'm not saying they're gonna do it, but Big Ben's last year, everyone's gonna be counting him out. Already got pounded, you know, once by this team already. Um, there's just a lot of things pointing to why not just nibble on the money line a little bit mm-hmm. at almost five to one. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you sent me that little, you know, this the odds, you know. Of Raiders money line, 
was it was it um Steelers and then what was the other oh, one? Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The Niners. Yeah, yeah. Niners money line, Raiders, Raiders money, money line, line and Steelers, then Steelers money, money line. If you put that into a parlay and you throw like ten bucks, of course you're gonna win some money. A thousand a, a thousand to win like forty thousand. <laughs> oh my god. Um so Sean is taking the same three teams as me, the home teams, Bengals, Bills, and and Chiefs for the AFC. Um Sean's actually only taking one road team to win this weekend. Surprise, and, surprise. And, and, and one dog. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Sean's taking his hometown San Francisco 49ers who played an equally crazy game against the L.A. Rams, but they're visiting Dallas. Um, let's see. Hmm. It's kind of weird. It's like the, the first half of the season was like a lock, and now the second half of the season, I don't know what kind of Arizona Cardinals team I'm getting. You know, the Rams kind of play like that too. Uh, I don't even know. I mean – if the Rams play like they did in the first half against the 49ers, but then they just kind of keep the boot on the neck, you know, and, and just hold them down, the Rams can easily beat the Cardinals. You know, the the Cardinals are right there in Arizona, though, so there's probably plenty of Cardinals fans going to be there. You know, like like L.A. is – sorry, you know, L.A. is like, – like, like that stadium is like the, the whorehouse of the, of the league. Like everyone just comes when whoever's playing. Oh, they're all that, coming over there. That, that's actually a real tough game to kind of choose, you know, because yeah. in my opinion, you're looking at both these teams, division rivals. They know each other. The third time they're going to play. I don't mm-hmm. even know the stats of the first two times they played. If um, I don't know. I, I'm, do you know if, if they went one and one or um, whatnot? They I went can check one, for you, but go, go yeah, ahead and, go ahead and I'll, check. I'll check this is, if it, they went one and one, obviously this is going to be the rubber game and whatnot, but what I'm seeing here is you got two teams that were obviously real hot. You know, the Rams kind of one of the favorites in the NFC to go and kind of replicate what uh, Tampa Bay did last year and being able to play the Super Bowl in their own home. And they were saying that that was going to kind of, you know, have them play with a chip on their shoulder all yeah, season. They went, one, they went one and one against each other. So they you- both they both beat each other by a oh, no. Cardinals killed them by 17 the first week, not the first week, but uh, week four. And then closer to the end of the season, uh, the Rams beat them by a touchdown. Uh, yes. And both of those were road wins, by the way. Both times they, the home team lost in both those games. So what I'm looking at is, you know, these teams were both hotter in the beginning of the season. Arizona's been kind of falling off a little bit, you know, so so have mm-hmm. the Rams kind of. Um I don't know, man. This, that's what I'm saying. This is like a real tough game. What this? It basically comes down, in my opinion, what Arizona Cardinals team shows up. Exactly. I kind of yeah. have an idea, a feeling of what the Rams are going to get, especially losing that 17 point lead. And you know, um, obviously they with with the with the with the Cardinals losing to the Seahawks, they knew they were going to win the division anyway, whether you know win or mm-hmm. lose to the Niners. So I don't know yeah. if that really you know mattered, but. Um, man, it's just what Arizona team, what Arizona team is going to show up. That's what it comes down to. This is a harder conference for me to pick because, you know, I I think the Buccaneers on money line is kind of the easiest pick for me. But man, like, are we going to get the Cowboys this year? Are we going to get the Cowboys who went six and oh and against the division and then went six and five against everyone else? Because I don't trust that team. I don't trust that team at all. Undefeated, and then and then you had the same amount of wins against everybody else. Five, you know, you went barely over five hundred against everybody else. And guess what? The 49ers, That's everybody else. That's another team. You have no, no. other team. You're, I, I, like after this weekend, sorry, you have no more NFC East opponents. 
the Eagles are probably going to be out. So I don't know what is this the you know you're always wondering when is the year that the Cowboys are going to get that off their shoulder to where they can go and beat the hell out of their division and then come to the playoff time they choke it all away even at home. So who knows? I mean Jerry World's going to be rocking. I remember a couple of years ago the Niners went into Jerry's World and beat the uh, Cowboys during the regular season, and there were so many Niner fans during that broadcast that I was seeing, so who knows what, what kind of presence that the 49er fan base is going to make in Dallas, but that's, I mean, that's an, another tough game, too. The NFC is way tougher to me to pick than the AFC this week. Yeah, there's one thing about that I do kind of like about that game, and I know that we live in the Bay Area, but to tell mm-hmm. you the truth, I haven't heard one person say they like the Cowboys, bro. I, know. I haven't heard one person say that they like the Cowboys. And when you start hearing everybody saying this, you know, when I would say maybe week two, three, four, I mean, the Cowboys were they were the they were them boys, bro. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the first couple of weeks, they looked like they were the team to beat. They were playing pretty damn good ball, you know, and now everyone has recency biased. We all love to bet on what we last saw and what we last saw was the Niners hella raw coming back after 17 points, Dallas kind of just playing, you know, going through the motions and, you know, don't be surprised if Dallas, you know, shows up, Jimmy G has, you know, a subpar game. And I know Niner fans might not want to hear this, but there's something here that is kind of, making me somewhat like Dallas. I might kick myself in the butt for taking them if I do, but I mean, the I mean, fact Dak had that a great the line, game. I mean, Dak had a great game last week too. So, I mean, I know it's against like, di- you know, division teams and stuff, you know, like I know that, but they also had an extra day to uh, rest if I'm correct. Or did, didn't they play Saturday? Mm-hmm. Well, so. if, if it's one, if anything about this game, what I do like is that it's an old school rivalry game, man. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? But I, this is I, the I, first time that they played in the playoffs since like the NFC championship game when the Niners went to the Super Bowl against the Chargers. They wow. haven't played in the playoffs 95. since then. So that's more like that for our generation. That's it's not a rivalry. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe during the, the you know, that's our dad's, our mom and dad's rivalry is the Cowboys and the 49ers. No, in, what, in, in, in I remember watching. I'm I'm eight years old. I'm barely, barely, barely starting to watch the the NFL. I start to watch the NFL right but, after. But even after, with Terrell Owens dancing on the star or whatever. That's what I mean. But that's regular season. Oh, you know? oh yeah. But I that's think that rivalry stemmed, it stems from the rivalry from the you know the 70s and 80s. Oh, I got you. So yeah, I was definitely not alive from to watch those, but. I mean, I remember like the rivalry, like the Aikman, the Young, the Owens, the Irvins, the Smiths, you know, like that's the, the, that was a rivalry to me. The Cowboys are the, are the Raiders Steelers. Like my dad always said in the, you know, the the Raiders and the Steelers played in the AFC championship game, like five or six times in the seventies Raiders lost all, but like one same with the 49ers and the Cowboys. If it wasn't for the Cowboys, the Niners would have like nine or 10 rings, but you know, they already have, they have, and they have five. So you know, you know, and then my dad says that the Raiders would have like five or six rings if it wasn't for the Steelers, you know, it, like in the 70s. It just kind of that's how the cookie crumbles. You know what I'm saying? So the Steelers have six. Steelers yes. now have six. Yeah. After the one that Big Ben won against. Um, and then. And, oh, no, and they the, won two, right? And they New England two. has six, right? Yeah. New England has six. Yeah. And then, and then the Steelers, and the Niners have had five for 
now since the the mid nineties. But yeah, so Steelers um, got six now though. They were the Steelers first have, with yeah, six. Yeah, Steelers have six. Terry Bradshaw on them in the seventies won four, and then Big Ben won two uh, against the S- NFC uh, West in Seattle and Arizona. Um, okay, I'm gonna make my picks now. I'm going to go a little bit different than Sean. I'm going to go Buccaneers. I think we're all going to maybe take at least Buccaneers money line, but I'm going to roll with you, man. Like not because, you know, I'm, you know, classically I'm a 49er hater, but I'm going to go with Dallas as well. I'm going to, I'm going to have Dallas finally get off the schneid and get that stigma off their shoulder. that They can't do it in the big game. Um, Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott take the momentum offensively into the playoffs. It's a home game too. So yeah, and I'm gonna I, do that, and, and then I'm gonna do the Cardinals. I'm gonna do the road team for the third time this season, winning the game. I'll take Kyler Murray, uh, the should be Oakland Athletic, <laughs> and take them against the LA Rams. Jeez, nice, nice. And I saw actually that the head, the offensive coordinator for the the um, the Cowboys, mm-hmm. what's his name, the younger kid. I I think that he they were like he was in the candidate position for like the Raider job, like head coach, uh, Kellen Moore or whatever his name is. The, he's like, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I Kellen mean, Moore. Wasn't he the former quarterback? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, we'll see, man. I like Basachia. I don't think Harbaugh will come, but I see here, man, the Raiders, they had it was they had the most walk off wins in NFL history. I know it's seven, it's I know it's a 17 game season. Uh, you get that one extra game, which obviously they walked it off on that one extra game. But that's pretty mm-hmm. crazy that uh, as much as we bag on Carr, he's been able to come back to provide the team that lost their head coach and two of their star players. You know, we, mid- you know, like we say a lot of things about him. You know, check down Charlie, and he's never been the same ever since he broke his leg, and then the very next year he broke a, a you know a, a part of his back, but. Man, speaking of his back, he puts that team on his back sometimes. He makes he's, some he and, makes some amazing throws sometimes. Two weeks ago in Indianapolis when he made the throw to Hunter Renfro, and then last week when he made it, like remember a call, Chris Caldwell was like, "There's literally nowhere else you could have thrown it. The per- the coverage was perfect, and he still threaded it in there." So I mean, how he does in the playoffs? I mean, he's had playoff experience. Oh, no, he doesn't. No, exactly. He, I was he just going to say that. He doesn't have any playoff he doesn't have, So, you know this what? This is his first this, playoff. This could be, I don't know, it's him and Burrow, him and Burrow, like, right? Burrow's first time in the playoffs, first time QBs, anything can happen. But the defense needs to come to play. They need to hit Burrow in the mouth. Well, don't get any 15 yard penalties, but they need to put it on, <laughs> put him on his ass, you know? And uh, don't let Jamar Chase in the receiving core. Don't let him kill you. Don't let yeah. him kill you. Get him off the field soon because if it's going to be anything like the Chargers game, then you're in for a world of hurt. World of hurt. So if Crosby plays anything like he did that night, oh. man, it might be ugly. That boy, Ooh, that he's, boy was he, he's, he's so good. He's one. You're right. You said it the other day. You texted us, man. He what a great pick. Third round pick. He's looking like a top 10, 12 pick. You know, so amazing so far. So, um, did you make your final picks for the NFC before we get to our break? Um. So what money line? Yeah, just go money line. If we want to shoot something spreads out when it gets closer to the weekend, we'll tweet something out or put I'll out a video. I'll go with the Rams. Actually, I'll go with the Rams. I'll go with the Cowboys. You know, I'll yeah, I'll take Tampa. Obviously, um, home teams. I'll take Pittsburgh, baby. Money line. Let's do it. Oh, Pittsburgh nice. money line, baby. Raiders. There we go. And Atlanta, Bills, New England. That's a tough one too, bro. That's a mm-hmm. tough one too. It's like the Saban. We're gonna go against the Belichick. Um, 
I don't know. It's hard to go with that rookie, though, I guess. At least Allen's got a little bit of uh, playoff experience. So I'd probably have That's to true. go with the Bills on that one. All um, right, cool. Don't love it, but gun to my head. Let's go Bills Mafia. Gun to your hey. head. What do you do? All right, cool. So that's been uh, the TCB breakdown of the wild card weekend for the 2021, 2021. Yeah, well, technically, 2021 NFL season playoffs. That's right. So there you have it. Um, that's the end of the sports. We're going to take a quick, quick break. Uh, we'll be back with the comic book side of the podcast. So stay tuned, folks. Thank you so much for joining the Comic Bookies podcast, episode 139. Be back in a sec. Bye. Welcome back, everyone, to the Comic Boogies Podcast. Episode 139 is back. Uh, thank you so much so far for those of you who are watching on our YouTube and Twitch channels. And, of course, all of you listeners out there in podcast land, thank you so much for tuning in and supporting us for almost 140 episodes. It's pretty crazy to think about. We're almost hitting our two-year anniversary of doing this damn thing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give out our emails. What don't, was that, Mark? Don't cut us short. Two years? Oh, is it? Oh, it's three. Oh, it's three. Oh my God! Oops. Don't Sorry, cut us that's short. three years. So my Don't bad. Cut us short, my babe. bad. That's right. That's right. You know, hey, you know what 2020 did to us? That's you know how. 20- that's how I always remember that we that it, it's it, three years because blipped. I know we, we didn't start in 2020. Celebration. We got huh? blipped. Anim- we got blipped like in uh, yeah, Avengers. Exactly. Um, I knew because I knew. We wouldn't have even started this if if twenty twenty if we didn't start if we didn't start think about it if we didn't start this in two thousand nineteen we probably would have never started it because we damn sure wouldn't have started this damn thing in two thousand twenty you know definitely definitely true we were like there with each other you know practicing once a week and then finally you got your mic and then Sean got his mic and and we finally went remote you know and everything but man here we are dude um. Like from since day one, we've had uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Common Bookies. Email us thecommonbookies at gmail.com. Again, we're brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. So go and check out uh, Alex and the shop every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday for all your comic booking needs. Uh, Mark, let's get into the books for tomorrow. Um, I am all caught up. I did hear that there are some delays, so I hope that I don't fall back behind in my books again. But, man, I was able to read some of the books from last week, so I'm really excited to get into those. But this week, tomorrow, over on the DC side, Detective Comics 1048. Man, that book's really cool. We're going to be saying this word, Detective Comics, for 10 more weeks straight. The Joker, number 11. Robin and Batman, number 3. Batman Urban Legends, number 2. And Batgirls, number 2. Over on the Marvel side, you have Amazing Spider-Man 85, Marauders 27, Dark Ages 4, The Fantastic Four number 39, and Star Wars number 20. Image Comics, Image Comics gives us a few. Department of Truth number 15, Undiscovered Country 18, Stillwater number 12, What's the Furthest Place from Here number 3, and The Scorched number 1. That's a new story. AWA gives us two offerings this week, Knighted number 3 and Hotel number 2, and we have... From three 
publishers we don't really talk about, but I saw a bunch of number ones. Um, I think I'm getting this. Vault Comics comes We Ride Titans, number one. I think I'm actually grabbing that one. And then from Scout Comics, we have Distorted, number one. And from Behemoth Comics, Quad, number one. So, sir, let's get into some of these books. We are not two weeks behind. We are just last week's books. Uh, what are you excited for this week? What do you want to talk about from last week? What's up, dude? Let's talk. Let's start the comic bookie, um, comic book talk. Let's do it. The one thing I do want to talk about, Mike, is I love the Undiscovered Country cover that we get oh, this week with the badass. star. It's a badass cover, and yeah, I'm excited that we're finally getting Undiscovered Country again. But are you kind of like getting on the same page with me with this book? It's just I feel like the consistency it's, of it is just like I feel I. It's like let's just put it this way. I don't get like excited for it no more. Like I used to, like I was, this was like one of our books that we all three of us read together, you know, Scott Snyder going to like a, you know, image, whoop de whoop, you know, getting away from the DC realm or whatnot, whatnot. But, you know, it's just with the whole hiatus they had with, I just feel like the books come out so inconsistently. Um, the story's still good. You know, they're still going through all the, you know, all the little, uh, the lands, yeah, the lands, and you know they're still walking the uh, the circle or whatever the hell is spiral. The spiral, yeah. And, you know, it, it's mean, still good, but it's just I just wish it was more consistent. Like, tell me, you feel like you haven't gotten an undiscovered country for like two months almost? Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> right? felt it's definitely felt that way. And last week, actually, I didn't read it, so I can't really give you a, um, a review of it. Um, but the Noctera, remember the story, the other story from Scott Snyder that I said that it's actually get you know, becoming better than undiscovered country, but Noctera, uh, released a blacktop bill special. That's like the, the guy who's like hunting, you know, her, um, them down. But I was so excited to get that one last week. And this week I saw, I see undiscovered country and I'm like, all right, cool. You know, but like, uh, department of truth, Noctera, even sometimes Geiger, I get more excited right now than, you know, Stillwater. Sometimes I get more excited than Undiscovered Country, but you know, I'm gonna ride with it. They said it's like a two, three year plan, so hopefully it develops into a better um story. Uh you know, but it's 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 still going strong, you know? Like it, it hasn't fallen off completely like scumbags seem to have done, but Oh, scumbags, you know, I'm done. I already took it off the pool. I yeah. don't know if you have, but I already... Not yet. I, I kind of wanted to finish another issue or two, maybe give it another chance. But yeah, but Undiscovered Country, still going to roll with it. It's 18 issues. So, I mean, that's a year and a half now. So give it another 18 issues to finish the story, if they, if that's what the plan is, a three-year deal. So yeah, I mean, that's good. But Why did you say coverage, Geiger? I liked Geiger. You but dropped Geiger's it like, not after out right the first now. issue or two. I enjoyed it. But Jeff it's not Johns. Out right now. Huh? It's not out right now. No, no, I know. Oh, uh, February, there's more, a good... Because you were talking about books that you look more forward to right now. And then you said Stillwater and Geiger. Oh. And I'm like, wait, is there a new, a new Geiger coming out? Geiger! No. <laughs> yeah, I did see that there's an 80-page Geiger special coming out in February. Um, so, but yeah, I mean... And then I think after this Noctera, one, the, the one-hit wonder of the special, later this month, Noctera is actually back with issue number seven. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah, but me speaking and you of were covers, kind of... Me and you were... Dude, Huh? Oh, me and you were kind of on the opposite sides of that of that uh, Geiger book, but I know exactly what you're gonna say. That damn cover for Detective, go for it, bro! Oh, dude, so, so sick. And that's badass too. Yeah, that Detective cover looks really cool. It looks like it, like a, a legit, like like a variant, like it's a variant. Exactly. Um, 
of course, no, I'm getting nothing from Marvel. I think this week I just dumped Moon Knight, and so 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 Moon Knight becomes another uh, fatality with Thor, and you know other ones. I think sometimes well, this you given up. You can't give up two Marvels in one day, did you? No, well, no. Thor was like Thor was like in November, oh. uh, but I gave up Moon Knight uh, this past week, so I will not be uh, jumping into number seven. Um, but I am excited about uh, Fantastic Four Life Story. The sixth and final issue of that miniseries comes out later this month. I did add, remember, I did add that like five or six issue uh, Gwen Stacy one, like the Gwen verse or whatever, where it's like she plays, you know, what happens if Gwen Stacy was Thor? What if she was Iron Man? What if she was Black Panther? What if she was Captain Marvel? So I, I'm actually looking forward to that one, though. So I think I might, I might ride with these miniseries from Marvel for a while because that's all I seem to be gravitating towards when I see these previews, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Other than that, um, I do get knighted knighted. I think knighted. They're going this guy, the knight. He is the AWA. Uh, he's the AWA version of Batman and moon Knight. you know, just like, you know, just regular human being, but you know, he's a vigilante fighting crime for a good cause. And you know, the story actually starts with the actual guy who, who is the knight. He ends up getting accidentally murdered. So it's like another guy that we meet named Bob or whatever. He's just taking up the mantle of this. So you're, but you're not the guys. You're, the guy, huh? Go ahead. No, because the guy had money. He had a butler. So it was like, oh, this is like AWA's Bruce Wayne, you know? And so, yeah. So this guy's taking up the mantle and it's like issue three comes out tomorrow. So kind of excited about that one. Other than that, of course, Detective and the Joker probably. And then the Department of Truth. That's what I'm excited for for this week, man. Yeah, really. The Joker for sure. If it was anything like last time, that cover Shoot, looks right? that that cover looks pretty decent. Um, I'm sure for you, Department of Truth for sure. Mike, you're not getting this book, the I Am Knighted, the Batman, or, or not sorry, I am knighted. I am Batman. Mm-mm, no, there's a lot of there's actually been a lot of new like every previews we get from DC, there's a new Batman story. Dude, you know, it's I, crazy. I, I think I just pulled one last month or I mean, or I looked ahead to this month's and it was, remember I showed you screenshots and it was like, come on, like, like DC, like I've been doing so good on previews and just DC, there's like four new stories. I'm like, oh dude, of course the, the white knight, there's another story coming out, you know, in the white knight universe. And then, oh, uh, is Tom there? Taylor, and then Tom Taylor's got a new, uh, I think Batman story coming out. So I'm like, oh, dude, you need to look at the most recent previews of, of DC. They got some fire coming out, but who's I mean, it other gonna than that, be? the white hmm? knight, the white knight, who's that story going to be around? Do you know, or is oh, it going to, cause they had the Harley Quinn. They had the other one. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. It they gonna... had the, the, uh, the first one was more about the Joker. The second one was about Osriel and the history of their families in Gotham. And then the third story was, Harley Quinn. So this one, ah, crap, I forget. I'd have to look. I'd have to look back at it and and, and let you know. But uh, look that's back this. at it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so let's get into the stories of the week. But like before we get into the actual like you know detailed reviews of some of these books, I did finish. Um, um, I did get a few books that came out two weeks ago that you know he didn't have yet when I came and visited the shop. So unborn. From from Frank Gogol, friend of the show, his fourth and final issue of that story that was pretty cool. It was like a, um, you know, it was kind of like his version of like Alien. You know, definitely had an Alien vibe to it, um, and he definitely left it open for like for more. Uh, and then finally, an AWA uh, upshot 
this technically this bro this issue fight girls five of five came out november 24th and he finally got it in so there must have been some shipping wow. delays to that book so i finally finished fight girls from frank cho that one was actually pretty good it was kind of weird and crazy like a like as if i was watching the episode of doom patrol on hbo max but it was cool it was actually a cool little like five issue story um and that's it for as far as just little quick reviews that i have yeah 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 um a couple books like if you want me to mention the ones that I tweeted out about, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. uh, this one. It was uh, Blood on Sunset by Source Point Press. The writer was Mark Deanna, art by Arjuna Susini. Uh, pretty good book. You know, you know how uh, obviously the Source Point Press, there's a lot of like horror surrounding that publisher and, you know, a lot of like this has some vampirism type of it stuff to it, but pretty much, you know, kind of little synopsis. You know, former LAPD officer Clint Braddock, you know, he gets called pretty much. He's hanging out at a bar, gets called by like this. I don't know. I think she's like a high profile um, like type of escort out in like Hollywood back in those days, you know. And there's like a high – she calls about a high profile celebrity that I'm not going to mention it because I want you guys to pick it up. Um, but it's a pretty well-known name from back in the day and he's end up murdered, you know. This guy, you know, the um, the main character shows up. She's got blood on her. You know, she's trying to talk to him and whatnot. So anyway, it pretty much goes in like to a whirlwind about he finds a weapon and the weapon reminds him of like an Italian. It was like an Italian uh, blade, I believe, like a knife sword type thing that has some like ties to him. And basically he finding out that this murder isn't just about, you know, the A-lister celebrity that they got, that they're, he's kind of caught in the crosshairs with everything that's going on. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a pretty cool little story, man. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, fun read, easy read. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, if you like zombie type stuff, although you don't even really, I mean, obviously in the, the, you know, the front cover, you obviously see a little bit of, you know, zombie-ish type things. But through the whole book, you don't really even get it till, like, the end. But it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I'm going to probably pull it. It's probably, like, a mini series, I'd guess. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Mark Deanna and uh, Susini uh, on the art. Blood on Sunset, guys. Pretty fun. So the other nice. one that I the other one that I got that I actually um, – tweeted out about or actually let me tell let me let me hit a marvel real quick the captain america and iron man the one that was kind of the it's kind of like a sequel to the captain america the united states of captain america that i just finished reading Mm -hmm. this one was pretty cool um pretty much uh i don't know i don't even know too much about like any of these characters that are um kind of the i don't know if they're they're not really like bad guys but they're not really working together with uh, uh, Rogers and uh, Tony Stark, but they're basically chasing Veronica Eden and this guy named 51 that are trying to get a hold of um, this like robot because he's trying to do something to the city of Minneapolis. And this robot pretty much, uh, Myron, weird name, Myron, or Myron is the name of the robot pretty much. Um, He's overseer. There's a computer called overseer. That's pretty much, you know, has special powers that this guy 51 and Veronica Eden are trying to come up on. And uh, yeah, they capture her at the end. 
but 51 gets part, hold of the robot and it basically, you know, it ends with um, them having a, I don't know if they're going to team up with this chick Veronica or there's like this other group called the Paladins, uh, which include Pioneer, Vox, Pre- I, I kind of like this name, Prima Donna and Think Tank. They're, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with any of those characters, Mike. Neither am I. I don't know anything about them, but fun little read. I think it's only like two more issues. Um, you know, just something for me to keep Marvel going a little bit. Obviously, like I said, I don't know too much about any of the other characters. I know Stark and, you know, obviously Iron Man and whatever, like Captain America and some other like uh, um, collaborations or um, not collaborations. What's the word I'm looking for? Appearances, right? That you might have. But um, it's just getting me more accustomed to some Marvel stuff. But it's pretty good. Cool little read. I kind of might have liked Captain America, the United States more. But um I'll probably continue to get it just because it's a mini series and whatnot. But um, other one I want to talk about real quick. If you want to talk about one, the fourth man, I know me and you both read it. Yeah. I don't no, know if so, you want to. So I've a, been talking another a, one. I mean, like since day one, we've been like on AWA, right? Yeah. Like, hotel. I mean, you got what was the other one? Like red it had the word red in it. Red, red border. Road or, Red Border was sick. Red Border. I mean, I mean, Bad Mother. It's been some really good books, and sure enough, the same artist from Bad Mother is on this one. Uh, the Fourth Man. It comes to you by Jeff McComsey, McComsey, and Mike Diodato Jr. on the art. Yes, the Brazilian. Um, yeah, but um, it's a really it's it's a good story so far. I mean, the the front page is like one of those you know. Uh, used car lot little like you know those those frilly things and it says mm-hmm. you know three murders 25 grand or best offer so pretty much what's probably going to happen is they're going to profile each murder in the first three issues and then of course the the fourth and final issue is going to come together and it's kind of solve you know like whatever case so i swear man some of these characters that diodato jr like comes up with and like the look of them they're like actual like actors because this one guy, he looks—I I swear—he looks like Paul Giamatti. And then you saw the guy at the race at the at the at the dog track. He looked like, Morgan, like Morgan Freeman. Freeman. <laughs> so like for sure. So this guy who looks like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who looks like uh, uh, Paul Giamatti. He, uh, what's his name? His name is James Wells. And so he's kind of like a gun for hire. And it's like uh, you know er, like early '90s, and it is like the car you know the car lots and the you know the, the Kawasaki's and these and these Japanese uh, cars. Uh, owners are coming over and they're kind of stealing business from the classic American, you know, cars. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys who owns the, the these lots, not too happy. So he he hires a PI. Uh, Paul Giamatti uh, to kind of uh, like a private investigator and like do what you got to do. Like I'll get, you know, how they kind of have a back and forth about money and everything. And of course he takes some of that money to the dog track and, um, but yeah, and then he also is approached by two other guys who don't like, you know, seeing him at the dog track. I think know, he owes him money, maybe. I think he, I, th- I think he does. I think he owes him money, and sure enough, it looks like uh, the two sons, or at least one of the two, is the sons, and like, hey, my dad finds out that you're here, he's not going to like it. So, kind of, you know, it's kind of like and the that's sharks. That's the one. His dad's the one that comes up with the bottle on the uh, with the bottle hanging out the side of the car, right? The truck. Mm-hmm. That's the dad, right? It, it, it could be. And okay. what we see when that happens is, you know, he kisses his wife goodbye. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, shoot, I got to go because they find out that somebody else is murdered. And he so he leaves. Newspaper. Exactly. So he leaves. He's actually caught. Remember, he stakes out the two guys. 
and and the bodyguard goes in to pick up some food and then sure enough he mm-hmm. you know he gets out of the car and he doesn't see him and the guy pulls him out of the car punches him like don't ever let me you know like stop following me blah blah, blah. and so he goes to the house the next morning or he's at his house the next morning he has to quickly leave you know he says murder in med in, in medford like another like you know someone he knows you know he, you know he looks like who's the guy who's from apollo 13 but not tom hanks what's his name and he's dead shoot i have no idea what's his name dang it i i forget but it looks like him but like with long hair and a mustache and so he sees that he's dead and all of a sudden he goes outside and the thing that i noticed the most was there was like a like like a clover I look like the dude from the BGs, bro. Oh he yeah, the like, clover on the arm. Yeah, the clover on the arm. So, so so something Irish. So he's yeah. So oh so um Bill Paxton. I swear. Look at that page, and then so look where he says O oh, F when he looks at the newspaper, and look at that guy, and then look at Bill Paxton on Google when you <laughs> when you get a chance. But yeah, so he gets <laughs> shot. Uh, and it's pretty cool. He does. It looks like he has a revolver, and it's attached to like a huge like maybe like a Mountain wine bottle or alcohol it's a bottle. Mountain Dew bottle. Oh yeah, there it is. Oh shoot, that's right. It's Mountain Dew. That's pretty cool. So it's Got probably me all it's jacked probably like up on Mountain Dew. Yeah, right up. He um so it's like a homemade silencer, it looks, it seems like. And so, you know, so who's next? Because they have three murders to look at. So he was like the first guy who they profiled. So issue two and three are gonna be the other two murders. So this story is gonna unfold. It seems pretty cool. That's my take on the story. Mike's already calling what the next two issues are gonna be. Look at that, man. Look at that. But how do you like the cover? I love how they made the cover look like a movie poster. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Three it's murders, cool. 25 grand or best offer. Really, really good book. I haven't really gotten too much AWA uh, in a while, I think. But um, this book was pretty good. I'm, I like it. You know, um, obviously murder, mystery type stuff, private investigator, which is hecka funny because the next book I'm going to talk about. The protagonist is also a private investigator. <laughs> <laughs> this is that bylines, uh, bylines by blood or bylines in blood, excuse me, by Eric Schultz, Van Jensen on the art. This is Aftershock Comics, guys. Very, very good book. Very fun to read. Um, I really like how I always mention it, how pop culture has so much to play in these comics. I love how, you know, in this book, you know, the cover you got there, people are wearing the mask and whatnot, you know, um, a book that we're going to get into a little bit in a, like a couple minutes, probably the next book we talk about in Detective. You see how that's like the whole Arkham and whatnot, how that's really Tamaki's making it about mental health. And like it's kind of if you really think about how Detective, how she's shooting like her story, you hear like other countries like and they're like um jail system and whatnot how they imprison people it's not as harsh as like america they try to like you know it's like the what i read in that arkham tower it's kind of like the same thing like how it's like people have like real issues right there's really like mental health issues and whatnot and sometimes yeah, more like locking them up that, isn't the right way to just do it you know so yeah it's more like rehabilitation yeah so there's so much there's so much like pop culture that goes into it but we'll talk about that one next and a little bit after this one this one is pretty much you know some girl i think she's like uh middle eastern or indian her name is satya chatterji chatterji is the name um it sounds it sounds indian i believe that's indian 
Chatterjee. So she was a lead investigative reporter for a Herald newspaper. She turns a private investigator and she's like, you know, I don't think she's really hitting it off that much, kind of doing smaller jobs because, you know, the book starts off. She's like capturing some chick that her parents can't find. And her parents, like, I guess, paid this private investigator to see what their daughter was up to. And then she like brings her home and she's saying that the parents might be crazy. But anyway, she's getting paid like money to do these smaller jobs. And then basically one of her former boss, a mentor that she worked with at the Herald, um, the one that has the newspaper, he comes up dead. The daughter comes and talks to her and says that her dad died and that basically the daughter is going to offer her a bunch of money to go back and investigate what happened to her dad because he had a journal, uh, you know, a newspaper company and he was real critical on like the mayor and everything. And they're thinking that the mayor had part to do in it, that they, you know, the way he died, they just left him there for like three days in an alley and whatnot. It's a pretty crazy story. So um, there's like an underground truth society that pretty much is like these little like drones and they follow you around 24 seven and you can pick to do that. So like your life is being filmed 24 seven. So like nothing can ever be in like question. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy, dude. Like the, the mayor, it's like, like another thing with pop culture, the mayor had something to do like with some scandal when it came to like voting, uh, the voting, uh, bills and whatnot. So it's like, there's just so many things that remind me of what just goes on in like real life and whatnot. But it was a real, real good read, dude. Like I said, a lot of the books that I got this week were about murder, mystery, private investigators and whatnot. But really, really fun, dude. I'd have to, you know, if I had to put it up there between I mean, that that was probably one of the better weeks that I've had in a while to kick off the New Year's, right? With the, with the detective being as good as it was, Batman, decent, but having these three smaller publishers and Aftershock, AWA, and SourcePoint Press delivering me three action mystery thrillers that I was really excited to read, man. Uh, that's a good week for me, man. Nice. I mean, speaking of mystery, I mean, I'm going to get to the second best Batman book of the week, which is Batman 119, another mystery in itself. So Lex Luthor is offering to to help him, you know, offers him that wine. How crazy was that story about the wine? Oh, and how old, yes. And how that old was cool. Was. And so I was like, oh, dude. And then he just pours it out and stuff. Yeah. So that's pretty And he cool. says it's so, not about – it's not even about how good the wine is. It's more about just like the story. You're pretty much paying – it was a $20 million bottle. He's like, oh – he's like even – he's like, he's like even – even a drop costs more than most people's salaries yearly yep. or whatever. Year. Yeah. So, so back to Abyss, um, Batman Incorporated, of course, is being investigated, but we knew it wasn't going to be that easy. So they take the body that's supposed to be Abyss into the morgue, into the, um, into the police department. And of course, sure enough, they have like a few sentences with each other. They turn around and, and Abyss's body is gone. And who is it? It's Batman. And he mm-hmm. wants uh, to be able to, look at the body before Lex gets a chance uh, to look at the body. So he's like, give me 90 seconds, like sound the alarm, get everyone up to the roof. Like, I want to look at this body. Sure enough, it's not a body that's been dead for two days, but it looks like it's been a body that's been dead at least two to three months. So sure. And then the lights go off. Abyss is like, I'm not dead. You know, I'm a creature of darkness born in the dark, just like you. Like, you know, he's questioning like, what, like, like, why are you doing this? How are you doing this? Cause it looks like he's just like floating. You know, 
Mm-hmm. And sure enough. I'm not dead, light, Batman. Yeah, the lights get turned back on by the detective that he's kind of working with. Um, and it looks like he's been split open across the belly. And uh, the bat is blind. Yeah. Like, just, like, like Jim Carrey said, you're as blind as a bat <laughs> in Batman Forever <laughs> as, the, as the Riddler. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so, so something was on his blade, some kind of like poison, I'm, I'm assuming, to make him blind, uh, to make him hallucinate, see things or whatever. So who knows what the story holds for Batman 120 and Abyss. So obviously Abyss is not dead, but we see him for the first time have an interaction with Batman. It didn't go so well for Bruce. So we'll see. Yeah. Definitely. Um, these, uh, it was all right. Um, Williamson doing his, his Williamson stuff, I guess. Uh, I that's good. I mean, it's good. I just I, I want I want him to not keep it. I want him to really. How can I put this? Um, I want him to not have it like so bland like i want him to like really make me think about this you know the story you know it's batman i don't want it to be like an easy read or kind of all the you know what i mean yeah like and also it's like um although we love tinyan he he created a lot of new characters you know and sometimes just give me a badass story with like penguin give me a badass story with two-face riddler or something that's some good writing right there Sometimes when you have to keep creating something like Williamson did with the flash on his run and with Batman and everything, sometimes it's like, yeah, I I don't really need a new character. Give me something cool with Bane, like the city of Bane, the Joker war. Like, give me something like that. Like, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. And with, and then tiny did it with, you know, of course he, he created this whole thing with, you know, peacekeeper one and the magistrate and miracle Molly and the clown hunter, but all the same while he's fighting against like Joker and scarecrow. So it's like new stuff, but it's also got a little bit of flavor, a little bit of hot sauce, a little bit of salt of like the old school stuff too. So I want, you know, so hopefully, hopefully he has more in store with Lex and that side of it. But the whole abyss thing, it's not, it's not, not working for me, but I want him to reel it back when he comes back to Gotham, get me a good story with like, yeah, thank you. You probably, that's, I mean, you put it perfectly for me right there. That's probably what I'm saying. Mr. Freeze. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Mr. Freeze have like a cool arc with Batman yet in my years of reading. Not yet. Yeah. Hector. What's his name? Freeze. Dr. Um, what is it? Eight starts with an, his, his His real um, name. Yeah, um, Dr. Oh, God damn it. I mean, his name is Dr. Freeze. Freeze, I like, know. It's like F-R-I-S, but I can't remember his damn first name. It's so annoying. Uh, Isn't it's, it? It's, it's, it's just past 11 o'clock at night. Uh, that's Sometimes my, my brain and my memory doesn't work like that. But all right, dude, let's get into the last book before we go over too much time. Uh, Detective Comics 1047. Uh, the Tower is good. The Tower is up and running. The tower is being displayed for the whole city of Gotham to see, and you know it's um, uh, it's results. It's, be, it's being uh, it's, uh, it's apparently apparently it's it's the results are coming in apparently. Yeah, it's being you know praised by Doctor Ware and you know Nakano, and Nakano was scared shitless when you know that one guy comes out and hand. Uh, he takes him off his cuffs, right? Oh, the guy I know, that, right? The guy that supposedly uh, attacked Nakano. Um, yeah. 
Nero, what's his name? Nero XIX or whatever the hell. I don't know. Yeah, like like Nero 19. Yeah, Nero, well, that's what his name, Nero 19. That's, I, yeah. that's Roman numerals. Oh, by the way, um, my wife is flagging her phone at me right now. Uh, Victor Freeze. Victor Freeze. That's right. Well, Hector. I, mean, I said Hector, he, dude. You pronounce it Freeze. But and then like and then but his villain name he changes it to actual freeze. So Victor yeah. Hector, I was close. I, I had the tour. I had <laughs> the tour Hector. part of it. <laughs> Hector, yeah, Hector. Freeze. You know, you're closer than me. I didn't give a friggin' answer. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, this was a good issue. This was definitely a good issue. You see, Chase it, Meridian is still there. She's of course we we learned from the and, last week's issue. She's the eyes and ears for Batman while he's gone at the Arkham Tower. So who knows? But dude. It, like I did not expect. Okay, go ahead and see what you're saying because I'm gonna and, get it too. No, and Here. once again, the like the pop culture part of it, because like you got the um Deb Deb Donovan, mm-hmm. she's questioning the hell out of uh she TMZ can't find, in the house. Yeah, she, huh? <laughs> TMZ in the house. <laughs> yeah, she can't find like the Doctor Wears credentials, and now they got That's the right. under. Now they got the underground gangs like selling pharmaceuticals. Like where are they getting it from? The party crashers, pharmaceutical drug deals are on this rise on the streets. Um, yeah, there's like the, the, a crew called the party crashers that are dealing it and whatnot. And then the story just gets crazy with the chick Dude. that you know that's doing yeah, all the crafts in the basement. Ooh. Yeah, her name's her name's Anna. But that was like what day seven, right? Like a week after it's been open, and then it goes day 24 and mm-hmm. of course in classic arkham i don't care if it's arkham asylum arkham tower uh the the inmates have taken over the asylum you know and already um, that didn't and take so, long so bruce wayne 24 days later so uh, two, three and a half weeks later you know he's still not there in gotham so you have the other bat family of oracle trying to contact uh nightwing Wing. and spoiler they're not they're not coming in um but it doesn't look like they're in their suits so like it's going to be a huge Tarantino kind of story where they go back and forth to like day eight and then up to day 30 back to day 12 and up to day 21. They're going to like go like, why are they in their street clothes? Are they acting like they're, uh, you know, inmates to kind of, I don't, I don't know. It's gonna be crazy. But sure enough, the guy who uh, was in the beginning of the issue that Dr. Ware tried to say, okay, oh, Hey, Mr. Nakano, he don't worry. He's not going to try to hurt, you know, the guy 19, who, 19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nero 19. He's part of that crew with Anna. That was her name. Who was doing the arts and crafts. Oh, so, yeah. really? Yeah. That was her name. When she was at the table doing uh, arts and crafts, that was her name. Anna. Hey, I tried to do a deep dive and it could be like, um, it could be one of three characters like Anna von braun or it could be something else so well I, i'm not going to spoil it for myself by looking at like wikipedia dc style i'll read the next like 11 weeks in a row because that's what this story is it's a weekly story for like three months gonna be a good one yeah i think that this one's gonna be real good that 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 draw, the art is great in this book i love the picture of where just being thrown out the building Oh, the grass yeah. just breaking and just man, like that, like you said, that main center fold or whatever, the center picture with a day twenty four, and it's just Arkham like just at it again. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I love how the back, the end part where it's like being attacked, and they show that on the chick, and it's just like all red. It turns yeah. red because just the blood. She got the scissors. It's just man, I I I am loving the detective story. I say it every week. And you're going to hear it a lot more because, like you said, it's going to be every week. So, and then how does it end, man? It ends even crazier, dude, with, with, uh, 
um, Huntress, yeah, right? Yeah, Huntress looks like she's at the top of the uh, the elevator, like the top of the actual thing in the sh- in the elevator shaft. Yeah, and it looks she like got she's, into some she, shit. She, yeah. She's messed up. She's been stabbed somehow. So who knows? Maybe it was by those scissors that we've seen mm-hmm. throughout the end of that issue, but who knows? So there's the uh, comic book talk for the week. What about uh, that backstory, though? The end story? I asked um, you, who's that kid? I don't know who the kid is. I, don't, I really don't know because I don't think they said a name, but it was – you know, that was a crazy story. It is a crazy story. And you know what? It might be one of just one of those stories to where they kind of unveil after this whole Detective Comics run. Who knows that this might be the story for the whole time, you know? So the kids, the kids' parents are brutally murdered by the Joker. And where do they take the kid? Surprisingly enough, is Arkham Asylum, which is kind of right. weird. So, you know, House of Gotham. Uh, that was chapter one. So who knows? This this could be the long running story after these detective comics for like 12 straight weeks. So who knows? It and could it, be one of those things where it's like an origin story of, oh, that's really Scarecrow. Because I don't know if they said a name. Did they say a name? No. Maybe the that's... husband and wife call each other by the first names, but I can't remember. The, they called the kid a name. So I'll look back at it and we'll – that was you – know. um. it's funny too because like I said in the Joker, he's dealing with his son in the Joker – you know, the way the one oh, that Tinyan's yeah. writing and then like you get this little backstory and now it's like him as Gordon. I mean, it's not his son, but it's like someone's son. It's just uh, kind of yeah. kind of made me think about it. But yeah, dude, that yeah, little true. house of Gotham, Matthew Rosenberger and uh, Fernando Blanco on the art. Little cool story at the end of Detective 1047. Yep. So let's get into a, a few quick things in the uh, comic book, uh, TV, movie, entertainment news. Um, I'll let you do the uh, box office because I know it's going to be the same damn piece of news we <laughs> have in the last the couple point? weeks. So, Seeing two yeah. came in at number two. Obviously, they're holding true to their uh, number. Uh, Spider-Man, obviously, number one. The 355, never even heard of it. Kingsman is in fourth. American Underdog. Um, American Underdog, that's that one movie, right? With, um, isn't American Underdog that movie with, what's his name? Where it's supposed to be about, uh, oh my God, Kurt Warner or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's about mm-hmm. Kurt Warner. Who the guy who played, the guy who played Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. Shazam? Yeah. The guy who played Shazam is playing Kurt Warner in that movie. What the hell? What's his name? It's um what the hell is that dude's name? Zach or something? Zachary Levine or Zachary Levine? Levine. No, Levine. Zachary, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So So yeah, so cool. Um I have just a few pieces of news um to go over. So it, the Eternals is released tomorrow, so Wednesday. So when everyone's listening to this podcast or watching it right now, it's almost midnight. But Disney Plus will be dropping Eternals tomorrow. So another movie in the MCU that you'll be able to watch and keep up with. Um over on the DC side, HBO Max Peacekeeper. The John Cena kind of spin-off series from the Suicide Squad that premieres this Thursday on HBO Max. And finally, Ben Affleck is going to officially hang up the cape and cowl uh, after the Flash movie comes out, stating um, various things that he's had the most fun being Batman just in these small shoots for the Flash and, of course, the reshoots for Justice League. But it became too much the stress of just being with the Batman versus Superman. And then of course the first iteration of justice league, he said that it drove him to drink. But then my wife said that he also said that his longtime marriage with, um, Jennifer Garner also drove him to drink. So she's, she's not buying that BS, but, uh, but yeah, so, but so Ben Affleck is going to finally officially hang up the cape and cowl. 
I don't think they're going to obviously kind of co they're not going to mesh that with a DCEU. That's going to be a side thing, you know, but um, I hope that he can be, you know, the Batman successfully for years, years to come. So I'm, very, already, looking, they, I'm they, very much looking forward to that movie come March. I will hopefully be seeing that uh, the opening weekend of that movie. They already got the um, on the back of the detective books. They already got the advertisements for them. Oh, yeah. What the Riddler mm-hmm. looks like. Yep. Yep. Going to be a good one. Gonna That's be not fun. just the Riddler. I thought that was Jonathan Crane. No? No, he's got a big question mark on him. Question mark? Yes, go back to your issue. Oh, yeah, at... you're right. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I just looked at the face. I'm I, like mean, that. I mean, but it looks like him. That's what, I to- that's what me and my wife were talking about. That's what me and Danielle were talking about earlier. It was like, he looks like he should be the, the you know, Scarecrow. But I'm going to give it a chance because that's like year two. Maybe like the Riddler's trying to get a feel for what he wants to actually look like. Maybe like not right off the bat. Edward Nigma is the green top hat and green suit with the question mark cane rolling around. Maybe he's much more sinister and sadistic in the beginning or 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 this is just an, another iteration, you know, like the Joker, like the, Joker. the movie, mm-hmm. like the Joker, the movie. Like this is not what you usually see in the comic books. You know, he he only went bad towards the end because so many things just kept piling up piling up piling up and we have the you know the underlying um, mental health issue going on at the same time in this movie you never see that in 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 a joker story or in a batman story involving the joker you just assume that he's just psychotic and sadistic and that's just who he is you know you never heard like a backstory of really the the joker and how he kind of came to be so maybe we get that it's supposed to be part of year two um, Catwoman looks badass too. So does uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. He looks probably like he's gonna be like one of my favorite characters of the story. So I'm 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 super excited. It's gonna be a pretty bad movie. Hope so. I yeah. Think so. Do, you, do you have any other news? Because I only have one other piece of. Well, I got this Spider-Man news, man. I don't know if you heard, but Spider-Man is gonna be finally not finally, but for the sixth time, and for the you know yeah. sixth time since 1963, Spider-Man will be. Re, the amazing a asm the amazing spider-man in um april it's actually going to be pretty much rebooted for the sixth volume um and frank romita jr i guess is supposed to be having a playing a big part in it this is going to be uh it's going to be like his eighth run he's been on the amazing spider-man in the 80s 80 to 84 87 95 98 i mean all different types of runs nice. with the last one being in 2012 so um he's out here i don't know too much about him i know that he wrote that you know that spy superman year one when we mm-hmm. first started doing this podcast and i read that one pretty good book um but yeah man just uh, if you guys are frank romita i don't know if it's romita you pronounce it romita i don't Is know it john it, oh yeah sorry no, John. Oh, yeah, yeah, John Romita. Did yeah, I say Frank? I, yeah, so I'm thinking, <laughs> I think it's I think it's John Romita. John Romita. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, John Romita Jr. John yeah. Romita Jr. Yeah, and his dad was the one that you told me in. Uh, yeah, he he co-created uh, Spider-Man with uh, Stan Lee. Sorry. So yeah, John Romita Jr. If you guys are uh, reading Amazing Spider-Man, gonna get rebooted um, for the sixth time. Maybe I'll maybe I'll hop on. Maybe Hell, I'll. You know, hey, you know, you know what? what? I mean? That's I've it never I've never a had a Spider-Man story. On. I've 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 read like an Avengers story where Spider-Man's in it. But yeah, that's something to look forward to come April for sure. For and sure. I know people might not like the reboots, but look, I mean, kind of smart if Marvel got two dudes that do a comic book 
sports podcast here that are saying <laughs> that maybe they'll pick it up. So that's they might right, be onto right. something. Uh, last bit of news before we head out for the week. Um, the All-American dad that we grew up with, you know, the guy who gave us cat videos before YouTube gave you cat videos. Um, he, huh. he, you know, meshed more into the comic, the, the comedy, the stand-up comedy side in later years in life. But man, the dad from the house in San Francisco of, of, of some daughters, uh, Bob Saget dead. I forgot what the age, I don't think he was that old. 65, 65 years old. They don't, they didn't find any type of foul play. My wife did say that, that the house cleaning lady came in because he was supposed to check out, but he didn't, they didn't see him check out or leave. So she went in there and his hand was over his heart. So maybe an apparent heart attack or something, but that's just another one for the books, you know, kind of, you know, I definitely grew up with him. I watched Full House. I don't watch that. I didn't watch the current one on Netflix, you know, Fuller House, but definitely watched that. And America's Funniest Home Videos for years and years was definitely something that I, you know, sat in front of the, sat on the couch or sat on the ground right, right from my couch. My parents are on there. And at seven o'clock every Sunday, we watched that. And it was, uh, yeah, was full, was part of my Fuller, childhood. Now it's now was, gone. Was, huh? full, was Fuller House, does all the same cast? Fuller House is, I think, most of the cast. Yeah. Oh, really? Obviously, the lady who's in jail right now is not in there, but... <laughs> Fight on. Fight on. <laughs> Fight on. Let's get out of here. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I think that's it for the comic and entertainment book section. And that's it for Comic Bookies episode 139. Mark, take us away, my friend. Take us away, take us away to paradise. But no, guys, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how long we've gone. I think it's been a little bit long, but sorry if it's been stretched out, but it's always fun. Never know when to stop. I could go for another hour, you know, if it wasn't so late. But <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody that has joined tonight on Twitch or YouTube or popped in live to say what's up. Uh, thank you, everybody that's going to download this. And uh, thank you, everybody that continues to support this podcast. Uh, once again, if you like it, share it. It's the best thing that you can do. Like, you know, write a review, five star it, you know, all those goodies. But check us out always on social media at the comic bookies and also the comic bookies at gmail.com if you want to email us something. But um, nonetheless, dude, we are always striving to get better, always striving to try to grow this podcast and hopefully got some things on the horizon for 2022. I thought you knew. But yes, this has been 139 and it has been fine. And thank you, um, everybody. Thank you, Mike. Hopefully, Sean will be back soon. But um, until then, you got us. And uh, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will, I will talk to you. Let him, or I will talk to you guys. <laughs> it is late. I will talk to you guys next week. Mike, you say your goodbyes and uh, that's yes, it. Sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mark. Uh, yeah, but Sean, hopefully we'll be on within the next week or so. Um, but hope everyone enjoys uh, the, the new shows, new movies coming out. Hope everyone enjoys a wild card weekend in the NFL. Um, just to give you a quick update, we don't have any new countries to stamp on the comic bookies passport, but we do have a new top five uh, over the last 10 episodes. We have, of course, the San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose area is number one, LA number two, Nashville jumps into the top five at number three, New York still standing strong. And of course, out here in the Valley, the Sacramento area is number five. Las Vegas is now out of the top five, but hopefully we can bring them back in. 
with a lot of Vegas talk today. So uh, for Sean and Mark, this has been Mike for the Convogies Podcast 139. Thank you so much for tuning in live and listening wherever you get your podcasts. But enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, and enjoy each other. Peace the hell out. See you next week. Go Raiders. Peace. Always enjoy each other. And if your team made the playoffs wild card, enjoy them as well. Cherish life. Playoffs. Cherish life. And we'll be back next week for 140. Thank you. We love you. Peace. Peace.